Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode two of The Couch, a uh, sports podcast. I'm joined here uh, today by just Jordan Dyer and Feigenbaum. Boys, uh, how are we doing? Doing well. Doing all right. Doing all right, Feig. I know we had a you, we, we both kind of had a tough, uh, uh, tough early MOB slate today. We both kind of got slammed. It's been a big public day so far. That's why, that's why I'm only doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Moving on to, to more important things, we're here to discuss a couple a couple big NBA trades that have happened within the past two days. One happening literally half hour ago, uh, that one being DeJounte Murray is now an Atlanta Hawk. Um, I mean, that trade was – it's kind of like we've talk, been talking about this in the chat ever since it, the news dropped, and I think we're all kind of feeling the same way, that it's just kind of like why – like why? Like what? Like I don't, we don't really understand it because it doesn't really improve – either team that drastically um it just doesn't it just like he's just a very good player going to a mad team um but obviously he's not any kind of superstar to help the elevate the hawks to the next level but i think he makes them a little bit better do you guys think he like they can get a six seed in the east next year with him i definitely think it makes them better uh but like you said they're not gonna like getting a six seed that's that's not at all where you want to be, in my opinion. In, in the NBA, you either want to be a contender or in, in the running for the lottery. I, I would rather be in the lottery than in the play-in or a six or seven seed. So, I mean, they could be better than a six seed. I just don't see them winning a championship. I like DeJounte a lot, um, but I also think it's an odd fit with the Hawks because Trey is so dependent on having the ball. But I think they'll be fine um, in terms of fit. I just don't think it's you know worth it for three first round picks when you're not going to be a contender um, with the way that their roster is currently constructed. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think uh, a lot of it's like you look at like the Hawks um, from two years ago uh, when they made the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think a lot of people are still like kind of hanging on to that. Um, I think it's time to move past that, and like you have to look at that team in the mirror, and like I just simply I just don't really think they're that good. Um, you know, guy, they have guys like Herter, Bogdanovich, <clears throat> John Collins, like those guys, like they're all like solid players, but it's like you look at the makeup of the team and it doesn't look like a, like a championship level team. But the, and the biggest thing that Jordan said, and that's like a huge thing is you either want to be contending for a title or like going for the number one overall pick, like being a middling team, you don't get premium draft picks and you're not winning anything. Yeah, right. I think the I think that's what the Spurs are doing. I think the Spurs are trying to go for go for the lottery and starting to try and rebuild their um try, start trying to rebuild their franchise. Getting rid of Dejounte, you know, he's he really is a phenomenal player that's helped them win a lot of games. So I think offloading him is going to help them lose a lot of games. Uh, one thing I want to talk about with the Hawks getting rid of Delino is he was just a solid 13 a night off the bench. Like it just seemed he would get to his mid range jump shots. He'd be crazy. Like crafty European basketball player that can just put up, you know, 12 to 13 on uh, pretty much every night uh, coming off of the bench. So I think he's a big piece that they'll miss a little, you know, he doesn't need anybody to get his offense either. He's just kind of a, he's a post-up guy. He relies kind of on, you know, getting the ball and just making plays himself, but he can also knock down open three. So He's definitely a multi-tool that they're going to miss offensively. But, you know, I feel like the Hawks, two things. I don't know if they have the cap space to go out and sign a big name, because if they do, then the move with DeJounte makes a lot more sense. But I haven't heard any uh, talks of Hawks signing anybody. And two, I feel like they have a not, like too many role players right now 
the point where they should they can go out and trade. You know, you want to trade Bogdan and John Collins for a fucking superstar. You could totally do that. Uh, I think if you have Trey, a superstar, and then DeJounte, then I think you kind of become a competitor and then you kind of become a title contender. So I don't really understand this move. Uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's just going to, like we've said, elevating elevates them to like a 60. What do you guys think their ceiling is for next season? I mean, their ceiling is probably a a three or four seed, in my opinion. Uh, and their floor is probably the eighth seed. Uh, I don't uh, – I guess their ceiling in terms of the playoffs would be Eastern Conference Finals exit. I, I really can't see them getting further than that, and I would be surprised if they get that far. Agreed. Uh, they're – I mean, they're probably a first-round exit, in my opinion. Uh, I just – even like if they're like a, even if they do get to a four seed, like I feel like it's mainly just because like you know seeds in like the NBA, like yeah, like they don't really like matter a whole lot. No, like obviously like the Bucks and Celtics were both the two and three, and like the Heat were the one. Like both those teams were much better than the Heat. So, uh, but I think they're a first round exit most likely. I think it depends who they play too, because I know we said that um, you know seeding obviously doesn't matter, but if they get matched yeah. up against a shitty a shitty five seed that somehow got to the five seed, then they can obviously yeah. get past them. But once they run into a semi-decent team, I think they're fucked. But one team that's not going to be fucked this playoffs uh, is the fucking Los Angeles Clippers. They went out and got John Wall. So they got Wall, healthy Kawhi, healthy PG. That is a scary three-headed fucking monster. That's a scary team. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, I love the addition of John Wall. The thing I'm interested to see, though, is – what happens with Reggie Jackson? Uh, who's the starting point guard for that team? I think, you know, we would all, because of his name, we would expect it to be John Wall at some point. But, I mean, Reggie Jackson's a really good player, uh, and we don't know exactly what we're going to see from John Wall. So I think the reason it's such a good uh, signing is because there's no pressure at all on John Wall. He can just, like, like they, they were going to be great regardless of having John Wall. So now it's just that extra, like, additional piece that if he gives them something, then great. Perfect. You know, and, and I expect him to do so. I think he's still, you know, he had a year off um, where he was fully healthy and he just sat out because uh, the, the team didn't want to play him. So I think he's going to come back and have a good year. I, I hope he gets the starting job um, at some point, but either way, I think, you know, perfect signing for the Clippers. They're going to be very good. Yeah, I think uh, that was definitely, like, a great move for the Clippers. I mean, great move for both sides. Uh, John Wall can step into a situation where he doesn't need to be the the guy, doesn't even need to be the number two guy. Honestly, probably doesn't even need to be another number three guy because, like, Reggie Jackson's really, really good. But I definitely think, like, adding that extra guard, um, because that's probably, like, one of their only weaknesses was probably a backup point guard, like, in their roster. Because, I mean, I was looking at their roster, like, their top ten players, like, they're all like pretty good. Like they've bench guys like Powell and Covington, Terrence Mann's pretty solid. Um, you know, like Marcus Morris, like he, I forgot about him. He's like very, very good. Um, so they've got a really good team and I'm like really excited to see them next year. Yeah. One thing about John Wall is I think that he can do so many things on the floor, but especially on the defensive side of the ball. to the point where he's not going to, you know, be needed to they're not going to need him to score 20 a night or 15 a night like he just can help a team win in so many different ways because he's kind of 
obviously a veteran now and I think he still has a little bit of athleticism but even if he's lost a step I think he still provides so much to the team he provides a fuck you mentality you know he's been a dog since his days at Kentucky and even in high school he's one of the best high school mixtapes that anyone's ever seen uh so he's obviously a very exciting player and a great addition for the Clippers I think that it obviously puts them in title contention you know Jordan said that they already were which I agree with but this just kind of, you know, adds another piece and he's getting paid no matter what. So I don't really think he cares, but I also think that he also wants to win. I think that's the type of guy he is. Um, I know he was upset with sitting out last year. So I'm excited to see John Wall and the Clippers. I think it's a, I'm happy to see John Wall back. Let's just say that. I don't really care what team it's on. I'm happy to see John Wall play basketball again. And I think the crazy part too, is that the Clippers still have like a lot of flexibility to make a move. They almost have like too many guys. Um, they'll probably trade a wing or two. Um, I'm not exactly sure. Like I'm not in on the Clippers insider what's going on, but just from like looking at their roster, like they can definitely improve on other places, which is like honestly like even crazier. They resigned Zubots. They kept Zubots. Uh, I know Paul George was very hyped about that. He posted that on his Instagram story. Um, my thing with Bobby Shmurda, AKA Reggie Jackson, he, he was one of the most inefficient players in the NBA last season. Uh, his efficiency was fucking horrible. He, the BR Bleacher Report ran some metric and he ranked, I think, dead last in some kind of efficiency where it's like shots taken, blah, 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 all that good shit. So, uh, I, I think John Wall will be the starting point guard, but I think he's gonna have to, you know, kind of prove it in, in training camp come, you know, this summer. So, I'm just excited to see John Wall back, man. He's such an exciting electric player. Um, let's talk about another team now, another team making some big offseason moves in New York Knicks. They unloaded uh, Nerlens Noel and, Tra- and uh, Alec Burks to the Pistons, freeing up some cap room for Jalen Brunson, who, are they, who, are, who they are expected to give a four-year, $110 million deal. Holy shit, words are hard today. Four years, $110 million for Jalen Brunson, probably coming tomorrow. Right. Uh, free agency opens tomorrow. This is uh, Wednesday, June 29th. Free agency opens the 30th. Do you guys think that Brunson's worth this worth this money? I you know what? I, I thought before um, today, actually, I thought before that he was not at all even close to worth this money. Um, but then I heard this is going to make him the 14th highest paid point guard in the league. And I mean, I think he's he's right around there, like the 14th best point guard in the league. So. I don't know. I, I don't think it's a good signing for the Knicks because it's not going to get them anywhere. But I, I don't know if it's the money necessarily. It's just not worth it for the Knicks. Um, but also, I just want to throw out, I think it would be absolutely hilarious if the Knicks clear all the space and Brunson just doesn't sign with them. That would <laughs> I think be pretty that'd funny. Be that'd be hilarious. I think Brunson knows he's going to get a bag, though. So I, I, I would yeah. expect him to I expect him to sign. I think if you've been in talks with a team like this and they're literally just getting rid of players to free up money, uh, to free up space for you, I think I think they've been in, in talks and have a, some kind of a verbal agreement. But like you just said, Jordan, this does nothing for the Knicks. And also, I think what's also important to recognize is this is a pretty, pretty um, quiet offseason for free agents. Right. There's not a ton of massive free agent names that are, you know, looking to go to a new team or, you know, even re-sign with their old team. So, you know, I don't really know if this is the year to pay Brunson this much. Like, wouldn't you rather wait a year and try to go get an actual superstar with all that money? So I don't know if they can do that next year. I don't really fucking understand contracts, salary cap, all that shit. I know the salary cap is expected to increase after this year. Uh, so going into 
or the season after. Sorry. So I, I think that this, this is just like Knicks fans are going to be fucking hype. They'll win. Like they'll go five and zero in the first five games. And everyone's like, we're going to win the fucking finals. Uh, and then they'll, you know, drop 20 straight. So that's just the Knicks. But Fly, what do you think about this, about this whole thing? <clears throat> Uh, I mean, I think, like, you know, he's, like, a good player. I, I don't think it's, like, necessarily, like, an overpay because, I don't know, that seems like it's about in line. Like, NBA players, especially, like, there's a lot of players that will get bigger contracts and maybe are not as deserving. But um, I do think it's, like, kind of in line. Um, but I think, like, it's more just about, like, if the Knicks do sign him, obviously the expectation is not really to win something this year. It's more just to start building something. Um, like on the contrary, like to the Hawks, the Hawks gave up future compensation. So they kind of have to like move all in a little bit more now. Um, so it's like that DeJounte Murray deal looks better if they add someone else. It's like the same thing with the Knicks. Like if you look the year after and they add like a true number one, which I think that's honestly, if you have Brunson and RJ, then you kind of, you need to like that, that true number one. And I think then you have a really good squad. So totally it's agree. more just about, and I think that's more just about like, this is how they're viewing it. Like a methodical step for the future. Yeah. I think if they can go out and get another big name next summer, I think they're going to be in a pretty good shape. I think Mitchell Robinson is phenomenal. Very comparable to a Rob Will type guy. Although Rob Will is, is way better. Uh, same kind of idea where all he does is block shots and dunk basketballs, except Rob Will is an insanely good free throw shooter for some weird reason. He just has a buttery stroke from the line. Uh, so yeah, no, they're, they'll be good. Uh, they'll be decent. Do you guys think they can make the playoffs? They can make the. I think they can make the playing games. Um, I, I think if they don't make the play playing games with Brunson, I think that's a big time disappointment for the Knicks. Uh, yeah, I think they probably. I don't know. They're going to be right around there. If the, the playing games like the Hornets are going to be better. The Cavs are still, you know, they're young and improving. The Hawks are going to be better. Nets are going to be better. Uh, I don't know. I can see it going either way. I, I bet they'll um, I bet they'll probably sneak into the eight seed, though. All right. Yeah, I think I think with the Knicks, too, especially like people forget, like Thibodeau, he's going to play the hell out of his starters to the regular season. That's why, like, I've never really been a huge Thibodeau guy like like it's a Tuesday night in February and he's playing RJ Barrett 43 minutes a game. Like what, what, what's the point? Like, so I think for that reason alone, they could, because like part of the NBA regular season is just like trying and the Knicks just try really hard. They do try. So, hard. Yeah. Yeah. With Tibbs, they always try hard. Tibbs is, you know, people give him the burden of being the reason of Derek Rose's injury, uh, that overuse, but, you know, it's kind of just a freak thing, I believe. But moving on to another NBA team who has had a bunch of shit happen to them in the past couple of days, that's that being the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kyrie opted in. Katie's planning to stay, according to Woj. Jordan, we were talking before the pod about, you know, the Nets still don't have a great roster, right? They still, they have two guys. Uh, Joe Harris coming back. That's, that's obviously a big addition. But, you know, they need to kind of get better defensively. So, you know, what do you think, what kind of player or who specifically do you think the Nets need to go get uh, this offseason in order to, you know, make them title contenders? Yeah, I don't know if they have like a, a route that they can go this offseason um, to add that piece. They like their roster isn't bad. They have a great offensive team. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Simmons fits, uh, what position he's playing, if he's going to bring the ball up. 
uh, and be the playmaker or not. Um, then they have, you know, older guys like Drummond, Blake Griffin, um, Patty Mills. Like, so I, I don't know if Dragic is still there, but they have a lot of um, offensive guys and just a, not a whole lot of defense. They need to somehow get a little bit younger and more athletic, I think. Um, I don't know how they plan on doing that, but I think if they don't, they will not contend for the title. My thing is think, just kind of on Steve Nash. Sorry if I had to cut, cut you off real quick. My thing's on Steve Nash, man. I am not a fan of Steve Nash for the Nets. I don't think that he motivates players in a way where they want to fucking try harder on defense, right? Defense, a lot of it is skill. A lot of it is mindset, but a lot of it is also just trying, right? If you try hard on defense, even if you, you know, pick up a couple of fouls or, you know, you mess up a little bit, at least you're trying. Like you can noticeably see when someone tries on defense and it's way better than when they don't. So I don't think Nash can motivate his guys to play defense. And I don't think Nash can motivate their guys to do anything, right? He just seems like such a passive guy that just kind of sits there. I haven't seen him yell once. And we watched so many Nets games last year, even in the playoffs. He just kind of calls a timeout. They sit down and that's just like, yeah, guys, like, we just got to keep playing. Things will fall into place. Just keep, just keep going, guys. The nice, nice Canadian Steve Nash, right? So I'm not a big fan of Steve Nash. Fag, what were you gonna say? Uh, I, I like honestly, I think the way the roster is set up, like they're just so reliant on Kyrie, Katie, and Ben Simmons just being available. That's like the biggest thing. Like I don't think there is a move. Like it's, a, it's gonna be a lot of like really small moves that they would make, if any. Um, to put this team in position to win. But I think, like, the biggest thing um, this team's going to struggle with is they just there's no leader on the team. Like, uh, I'll tell you one thing. Ben Simmons ain't a fucking leader. Uh, Kyrie, I mean, who knows if Kyrie, like, even want – like, you know, Kyrie's always Start, in and out. Start spraying some sage, you know, some fucking yeah. detoxification shit across the court. Maybe that will relax <laughs> everyone. Yeah, I mean, like, Kyrie, I think he'll – he's going to be really motivated this year. Cause I do think he wants a big contract next year, but it's like, Katie is not like really a leader. He just wants to hoop. So it's like, it's just like really hard. I think teams without that strong, like central presence, like when you look at these really, really good teams, I think that's one of the things that the Celtics kind of like when they like struggle a little bit in the finals, having that number one, that alpha, that was like, okay, guys, I'll be good. Like the Warriors, the Lakers, like even LeBron, like, you know, like, you know, LeBron, everything will be okay. Like relax. I can remember when the Clippers had that complete disaster, like just implode. Like, they just imploded. Uh, the worst, the, just, one of the worst defeats and worst chokes like, in I, NBA like, history. I think I remember I was watching the game and everyone was just like looking at each other. Like no one knew what was going on. Cause like Kawhi and Paul George are just like quiet guy. Like that's just, so I'll be interested to see, like, from just that aspect. Uh, and that's what you rely on your coach on for, too, right? You know, no, a coach is supposed to be a focal point uh, for leadership and someone that you guys, that, that the players can look to, to, like I just said, motivate them or even just, you know, lead them, right? They don't even have somebody – I don't really feel like anybody holds anybody accountable. I feel like everyone just kind of goes out there on the nets and does their own thing. So that's going to be something uh, interesting to look forward to this season. There's going to be free agency opens Thursday, right? Opens tomorrow. Do we think any, like, I mean, who are the big free agents, right? There's really not that many huge names, right? We have Brunson. I mean, who else? Really, like, fucking nobody. It's, like, it's actually really dead. So, um, Brad Gary Beal. Harris is available. Brad oh, Beal. I was going to say Bradley Beal, but I would say more from, like, a sign-and-trade perspective. But from what it seems like, he's – 
sticking with the Wizards and um, like yeah, I, mean, I, I don't really understand what they're doing. It's like yeah, they just made a weird out. trade today. He, he opted out, and now he's going to get the uh, the supermax, I believe, or close. Yeah, well, to no, the that's supermax. why he did that. But I was just talking about what the yeah. Wizards are doing from a team perspective. Like they made that trade for Monte Morris, and was it also Will Bar or someone? I don't know. Like I forget. Yeah, it's who weird. It was. But also, if I'm the Wizards, in actually, sorry, if I'm Brad Beal, I I'm getting to a point in my career where I kind of want to start winning. Right now, I, I mean, wouldn't you want to start winning if you have all this talent and you're kind of on just a shitty ass mediocre team, right? That's not going to make the playoffs. So I don't really understand the move from Bad Beal. I want to, I'll be intrigued to see how, how big his deal is and how long it is, how long his contract's for. Because if it's for like three years, then I completely understand. But if it's for like five years, like Brad Beal's going to come out of there in five years and, and not have a ton left. I mean, I know he's kind of still young, but in five years, like, and then you're going to try to go contend for a ring somewhere else. It'll be interesting to see uh, what his deal is structured like and what that looks well, like I, when it comes. I believe the he'll, the deal he will be getting because he's going to try to get the Supermax, it's a five-year deal. That's five years, yeah, okay. That's what and then, saying. but if you were to sign with another team, he can only do four. So, like, he's pretty much going to be re-signing with the Wizards. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, I think he's a phenomenal player, and I think he uh, he's obviously has a ton of skill and can score pretty much better than or as good as anybody in the league. Uh, when we come back, we're going to go over one of our favorite segments on this channel. We're going to break down an NFL division, that being the AFC South. We have the Jaguars, Titans, Texans, and Colts. We're going to give our predicted records. We're going to talk about some games that, are, that could really define these team seasons and then compare the win totals we have to the Vegas lines and possibly play some future bets. So we'll be right back with that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We have predicted records, win totals uh, for the four teams in the AFC South, Jaguars, Titans, Colts, and Texans. Uh, Fig, why don't you give us just straight records first? I got the Colts 12 and 5, Titans 9 and 8, Jaguars 3 and 14, Texans 3 and 14. Jordan. I have the Colts 10 and 7, Titans 10 and 7, Jags 6 and 11, Texans 5 and 12. And I have Jaguars five and twelve, Titans nine and eight, Texans six and eleven, Colts twelve and five. Let's talk about the team that nobody wants to talk about first. Let's just talk about the Jaguars. They have a really tough schedule. Like for a team that shitty, they have an insanely tough schedule. Uh, you know, Fig, you have them at three wins, three going three and fourteen. Why? Um, you know, I just like. You know, I actually do think that they're trending upward. This year is not their year. Um, but, like, some of the free agent moves, just, like, a little, like, puzzling. Like, they paid a lot for Christian Kirk. Um, I don't really understand. Like, he's all right. Like, they just – all the guys they got, they're, like, all right. Um, I probably am, like, a little low on their win total. They probably will get, like, one or two more, like, divisional games because like, it's really easy to steal one. Um but it's more just about like the Jaguars just want to see like development from Trevor Lawrence and protect him. I agree. Jordan. Yeah. So biggest reason I have them um, making a little bit of a jump is they hired Doug Peterson, who I think is going to help Trevor Lawrence's development. Um, Lawrence also struggled really, really heavily last year, whether, you know, it, it was the combination of everything. I think for him, bad coaching, bad team, and he's a, he's a rookie quarterback. Um, second year quarterbacks definitely trend to tend to do better, um, than rookie year quarterbacks. You know, he's going to have that year of experience. 
Um, so I think we're going to see a different version of Trevor Lawrence this year, much more, uh, you know, more mature in terms of decision-making. So I have them six and 11. Um, like, like Fike said, they don't have great weapons. They, they really, they don't have a good roster, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to surprise some people this year. I agree, but their team just does suck, right? Their team just sucks. They're still the Jaguars at the end of the day. That's why I have them getting the five wins. They have a really tough schedule. For a team that shitty, like they 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 don't have an easy easy schedule. That's why I only have them at five wins, is because you know you can see like five to five's point, you can see them scrapping out a couple divisional games, um, and you know winning a couple games that they're just better than a few teams because there are a lot of shitty teams in the NFL, but there's also a lot of teams that are damn good. But you know Vegas has their win total line at six and a half, and the under six and a half is only minus one thirty. So I like, what do you, what's, what's Vegas's thought process when making that line? Because that just kind of seems like stealing. Like you think Jacksonville getting to seven wins just looks wrong. Like if you see a seven in the win column for Jacksonville, you're like, holy shit, is this, is this the upside down? Cause like th- that would just look totally wrong. You know, it, if they did go seven and 10, like looking at it, just cause as I did say, like when I made their, when I did predict their schedule, I definitely, probably like a win or two more. Um, I probably should have put for them. However, with that being the case, I think like that win total is pretty much Doug Peterson. Um, I think he's actually like a very good coach. Um, the way he runs his offense with the running backs, tight ends, like he really helped Wentz out his second year. Wentz was an MVP candidate before he got hurt. Um, and I think like if Lawrence, you could see Lawrence blow up this year. And I think that's priced in. Yeah. The thing that I want to talk about about the Jaguars uh, win total at being six and a half is, you know, they obviously don't, they're not a great team to fucking begin with, but especially on the road, like, you know, they go to Washington, to the Jets, to the, uh, to the Lions. Um, you know, those are all games that they can win, but they play home against the Cowboys, Giants, Ravens, Broncos, Raiders, and then the three divisional opponents. So, they're not going to be able to win a home game. They're going to have to win on the road. And if Trevor Lawrence is is solid, I think that he can get them to probably six wins, but they're going to have to pick up a couple of road wins because, you know, these teams that they're playing at home, they're, they're going to probably get fucking spanked because we're looking at some Super Bowl contenders that, that are going to Jacksonville. Yeah. They'll, they'll definitely have their fair share of uh, spankings, but I do want to just throw in, they were ranked 20th um, in total defense last year, which is kind of surprising. Like they were, the worst team in the league. So, you know, being 20th out of 32, um, not that bad for the worst team in the league. It, it was clearly more of an offensive problem um, and definitely a coaching problem with Urban Meyer. So I think that's um, kind of along the lines Vegas is thinking that their offense is going to see a huge improvement this year with Doug Peterson and a second year Trevor Lawrence. So I still like the under, um, like I said, I have them at six, but we'll see. I, I won't be surprised if they get to seven. I'd be kind of surprised if they got to seven five. What do you think? I like, I think, I think that line is like kind of like right. Like it's right. Like it's a game or two, like that'll decide it. Like it's five, six wins. Like, so I don't know, you know, if they get one extra, like that's, but that's where the line is. Like, I think they got it right. Yeah. I think the fact that it's also six and a half kind of sucks too. You know, you're not getting a flat number. You're not getting any insurance um, because it could just be a weak, meaningless week 18 victory that just gets him to seven and you're just like 
fuck, this future yeah. did not cash. Especially, so though, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just, just going to touch one last thing. I don't know why we're spending so much time with the Jaguars, but <laughs> I just one last thing. Like, the fact that we like, like, we were thinking like five, six wins, like, that's just like such a small margin. Like, so it's really like the value is not really there. And if you play a team late in the season that, rest their guys for playoffs or is completely done and has checked out guys or you know some guys get hurt throughout the season as well so they could be playing a lot of different rosters towards the end of the season which could they could you know rally off a couple wins and probably hit that total so i agree it's right uh i would lean under though i would lean under but i think i think it's right all right moving on to a team that i really can't figure out in the tennessee titans all right they lost aj brown i have them going nine and eight but Vegas has their win total at nine on the nose. So, I mean, kind of Vegas here, right? Uh, minus 115, under nine, minus 105, over nine. Where do we stand on the Titans? Uh, I think for me, it's just this is kind of be like it's going to be a team you pretty much know what you're going to get. They're going to play really, really hard. They're going to play smash mouth football on both sides of the ball. They have really good fronts. Um, I just – Ryan Tannehill, like, he's just, like, he's just a mid-level quarterback. Um, obviously, going from A.J. Brown to Traylon Burks, that's a downgrade, at least for the initial future, since we're talking about this season. Robert Wood's a good addition. They added Austin Hooper. I just – it's just a lot of movement for the first year. Um, and there's just not, like, a lot. I'm just like, wow, like, this is really exciting. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In my opinion, so I have them ten and seven. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of Tannehill. I don't know if Tannehill has a, a lot of big fans, um, but I think the not. Titans are. <laughs> I'm yeah, not one of them. So <laughs> I funny. think the Titans are like one of those teams that's just built for the NFL regular season, right? They're they're not gonna, you know, probably contend for the Super Bowl. But when you have a good defense like that and such a good run game, you can just lean on those two things, and you don't need a great quarterback um, to get you to ten wins. So I think they hit that over. I'm not surprised if they get 11 uh, or even sneak out to 12 wins um, just because I'm such a big proponent of run game and defense in the regular season is going to win you a lot of games. Yeah, yeah. It's that old saying, like, you have to be able to stop the run and be able to run the ball. Like, those are the two things that, you know, old, old heads uh, harp on to, for teams to be successful. And that's exactly what the Titans do. They're obviously – I don't think they're going to – be anything special. I think they're they like they could have a solid regular season, but you know, also it's like you know, they have Ryan Tannehill. And Tannehill is just so so bad. Like he's just so not good. Like if he goes up a, against a semi-decent defense, he's not going to have a great game. So I don't really have a lot of faith in Tannehill. I think that's why the lines at 9 if they had pretty much any other capable quarterback in the NFL, I think that could, total could be at 10. But I mean, nine and eight for the Titans is just, I think it's, I think it's a reflection on how they are as a team. And I think Jordan, you captured how they are as like a regular season team. I think like you said, I think you hit it perfectly. They're a better regular season team than they are like a playoff team, which I obviously think that speaks to how they are as like a whole. It's kind of how you perform in the playoffs, right? No one really gives a fuck about the regular season. Like the fucking Bengals came in as the four seed in the AFC and made the fucking Super Bowl and almost should have won it actually if Joe Burrow had literally a second more of time uh, protection. So they're they're an anomaly to me because I think they're gonna have a solid season, but like at the same time they're not gonna win anything. So I'm I'm just intrigued to see what they do because you know Derrick Henry is just gonna be Derrick Henry and their defense is solid enough. So 
But, you know, tough division. Uh, they're going to drop a couple of divisional games, I think. So do you guys have any leans either way on that number? Because I would, I would actually bet that over. I would lean over, too. Uh, I would probably go over. I'd go over just simply because of the facts that Jordan completely sold me on. Is that the fact that they're a better regular season team than they are just uh, a winning team? Uh, teams, teams can win in the regular season and then just not win in the playoffs. And I think that's what the Titans do. Moving on to well, the other what, shitty just, team. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Just la- last one quick thing on them. Part of the reason why I would like the over as well is I'm like a big fan of Brable. Uh, kind of like that old school guy that just, you know, his teams will win games where like their team is outmatched and they just bully you. Like, yeah, that's what Brable is. He's a stem of the Belichick tree. So that's kind of where also I'd go with with the over. I think Derrick Henry's health is is obviously a huge part of uh, the Titans. Titans, obviously, because, you know, we saw him get hurt last year and they still kind of scrapped together a few wins. But, you know, if he can stay healthy, I think they could get to even 11 wins. So I would I would probably lean the over here. It's just they don't have a great schedule either. Their schedule is kind of tough. And, you know, you're relying on Tannehill to be able to throw the ball because, you know, if I know teams always prepare for Derrick Henry, but you really can't prepare for Derrick Henry because he's still going to fucking run through your face. So, I, you know, I think the teams are going to try to make Tannehill throw the football, especially seeing how bad he was in the playoffs. Uh, moving on to another team, the other shitty team in this division, the uh, Houston Texans. Okay. I have them going six and 11. Vegas has their line at four and a half. Uh, it, this team is kind of like the Jaguars in the sense that they could rattle off a few end of the season wins or steal a couple games throughout the course of the regular season. What do you guys think? Yeah, honestly, with this team, it's just more about just like kind of filtering out the all the bad juju with the Deshaun stuff and all that. Um, I don't know. Like, they're going to try to see if Davis Mills maybe is their guy. Um, I really don't know a whole lot. It's kind of hard to evaluate him when his team is pretty terrible around him. Yeah, it's another bad roster. Yeah, it's another bad roster. Um, you know, I liked a couple of their draft picks. Uh could they? I think the biggest thing with them, I, I think that the hire of Lovey Smith was probably the worst hire. Uh, that that was like pretty terrible. That was like a hire that from like 2010. Like he is so like outdated. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I just I really just did not like that at all. Yeah. So I have them at five and twelve, um, but it's not a confident five and twelve. At all. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Like. I, I tend to root for Davis Mills and think he's actually a pretty good player. But at the same time, now all these NFL teams have an extra year of seeing his tendencies and, uh, you know, what mistakes he usually makes. So I, I could see it going completely sideways um, if Davis Mills isn't really as good as I think he is. So I have him 5-12. and 12. Would I be surprised if they go 2-15? and 15? Honestly, not at all. Neither would I. Neither would I, man. I mean, it's tough to predict this team's record because they don't have any kind of direction. Like, when you look at the Jaguars, you understand that they brought in Doug Peterson to help develop Trevor Lawrence, and they have some pieces that, you know, can assist with that. But when you look at the Texans, like, they have just fucking nobody. They have a shitty uh, head coach. They just have shitty – they just have a shitty roster all across the board in the front office, coaching staff. uh, Davis Mills is – is decent, but you know, is he gonna is he gonna elevate the Texans to five wins? It's it's like you could see them going winless. You could also see them. I personally could see them getting to five wins, but you know, you could see 
uh, really anything happening with this team. So I'm really probably, I'm actually not going to touch this, touch this uh, total at four and a half because there's just no, like, I don't feel confident betting aside because I could see either possible season for the Texans happening. The, just the last thing I'll add on the uh, Texans is um, uh, the Texans have one of the best, like, offensive or one of the he was one of the best quarterback coaches pep hamilton um i believe like he had worked with peyton back in the day like he's like widely renowned and he's now an oc so it'll be like interesting to see if davis mills can take that next step and i think that's really what the year's about and really for a lot of these teams that do suck is to see if their quarterback good or does their quarterback suck let's talk about uh, it seemed that made a pretty big move this offseason, uh, the Indianapolis Indianapolis Colts. They added Matt Ryan, got rid of Carson Wentz, added Matt Ryan. You know, we watched the Colts last year. It seemed like they had a pretty damn good roster and they had a pretty good team, but it's just it seemed like Carson Wentz made a lot of mistakes that allowed them to lose games or that lost them games. So do you guys think bringing in Matt Ryan, uh, you know, elevates this team to be – you know, the winner of the division or even a, you know, Super Bowl contender. That might be a stretch, but. I had the, the Colts win the division last year with Wentz. And like, I also, unfortunately that didn't happen. Um, they're right there, but didn't happen. I have them winning again, 12 and five. I just really like their team. I like their, I like how they're built, strong defense, bright coach, good O-line, good running game. The only flaw of this team, and this is really what's going to hurt them in terms of just their ceiling, is their weapons. It's really Michael Pittman and a lot of guys. Um, they haven't really been able to have that second guy break out. Michael Pittman took that step, and he's kind of their one now. Um, Matt Ryan will be able to offer a little bit more of that uh, stability. Obviously, I think Wentz had a higher ceiling, but obviously a lower floor. So I think the Colts just kind of want more of that safer guy that can distribute the ball, be accurate. Um, Cause I think that's the way they want to play. But then again, their ceiling in terms of where can they go? I think it's more like if they win a playoff game, that's really good. And I just don't see much after that. Yeah. So you guys are a little higher on them than, than I am. I have them 10 and seven. They were nine and eight last year. I just, uh, I don't see a 37 year old Matt Ryan getting them three more wins than Carson Wentz. I know Wentz obviously, you know, did a lot of dumb things um, last year as he has done his whole career, but Wentz also does a lot of great things. So, I mean, I, I do think Matt Ryan is an upgrade, um, but at 37, like he's not the, the MVP Matt Ryan. He's not going to, you know, carry a team to the Super Bowl. Um, I think 10 and 7, 11 and 6 is pretty realistic because they have a, a very well-constructed roster. Yeah, I, I, so we're going to take a look now at the series, or not series prices, the division prices for the AFC South. We have Colts coming in at minus 125 and the, and the Titans at plus 170. Jaguars plus 700, Houston's, uh, Houston Texans plus 3,000. So if you're placing a bet on the winner of the division, Colts are favorites, but you get a lot of value with Tennessee, especially Jordan. If you're big on the fact that they're a regular season team, which which I'm kind of backing, Titans plus 170 looks looks pretty scrumptious, Fag. Yeah, no, it does. I mean, I, you know, they they normally churn out wins. I mean, remember they were what the one seed this year, and they were like a really quiet one seed um, last year, or the year before. I believe they were also a fairly high seed. I don't think they're a wild card 
or maybe they were a wild card. I don't remember. Um, but it'll be interesting to like see which team actually ends up um, winning the division. The only reason why I'm going Colts is part of the reason too. The Colts had some weird games last year that I just like don't think will happen. That's, um, that's like what that I was ra- that too. that Ravens game last year. Like I remember they were up by like nineteen to zero and they somehow lost in overtime. Like they lost they to the always, Jags in week the 18. Jags, they always lose to the Jags for whatever reason. I don't know why, but like just I don't know. I just felt like there was always just something weird going on with them. And I think it wasn't really the like once like the d- dumb decisions with him. It was more just like, okay, like let's just get a guy with Matt Ryan. We know what he's gonna do. Like he's he's this is the guy he is. Also, too, I think you're gonna see kind of like a rejuvenated Matt Ryan a little bit. He's finally away from Atlanta for you know, they haven't been good since that Super Bowl that they went to uh, when they put the Patriots. So I think you might see a, a little bit better version of Matt Ryan, and he's going to have the best O-line maybe of his career. Yeah, so just to jump in, uh, I kind of skipped over this, so I'm sorry for you guys, but the win total for the Colts is set at 10 even. Under 10 is minus 115. Over 10 is minus 105. I, I think that's right again. I think that line is right. I know I have them getting to 12 wins, but, you know, I, I would probably lean over just because I think there's there's more upside than there is downside with this team. I don't really see them coming out and completely flopping. Uh, so I do think 10 is the right line, but I would tr- I would probably lean over uh, on that line. That is a very interesting line. They have the under at minus 115. Minus 115 over at minus 105. Wow, yeah. They that- had, what was the number again? 10. 10, 10 okay. Yeah, um, I'm not going to touch that. Uh, I just that's that's too shady in in my opinion. I, I'm surprised that the under um, is minus one fifteen. But in terms of who's going to win the division, I actually uh, as much as I you know hyped up the Titans, I'm not. I would not take plus one seventy five. I think um, the one thing I didn't mention is the loss of AJ Brown, and I know they did sign Robert Woods, but he's not AJ Brown. AJ Brown um, really bailed out Ryan Tannehill a lot and Robert Woods isn't quite you know that level where you just throw it up to him um he you know you have to get him schemed to open a little bit and get him in space so I think the loss of AJ Brown is really going to hurt their passing game and I I would not confidently bet them to to get more wins than the Colts I would probably um take the Colts at minus 125. I wouldn't be surprised if they had the same record too uh yeah. at the end of the season they would have the same record and they come down to you know i think it's what is it uh head head and head or head to head and then it's divisional record i think yeah i yeah. believe that's that's how that yeah. works so you know it always comes down to to who can uh win the most divisional games that obviously is instrumental uh to having a good season it's you know that's partly why the patriots always had great records was because they took their uh took care of a a pretty shitty division for basically Tom's entire career. So it's going to be interesting to see who will prevail out of this division between the Titans and the Colts, because I honestly think that's going to be pretty even division when it comes to the divisional games. I see a lot of teams splitting uh, Titans and Colts, obviously split. I could see the Titans or the Texans beating the Titans in, um, in, in Houston. That was a game that they had in control last year too, and then ended up losing. So It'll be interesting to see. This is a it's an interesting division because it seems like these teams can just show up on really any day. Uh, the the Texans kind of had some games where you're like, wow, like, you know, they're putting up fucking 35, 40 points, and they come out against the Rams and put up zero. So 
it's it'll be interesting to see. I'm very excited uh, for this NFL season. Very excited to closely watch this division. Any final plays you guys are going to take when it comes to these lines? Because I, I, I for one, am most likely going to take the under six and a half at minus one thirty for the Jaguars, and then probably not touch anything else. What do you guys think? Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Colts to win the division. Last year, I had their win total. That was their win total was so fucked last year because they lost to the Jags. Um, I had it at nine and a half, and they ended up having nine wins. Um, I'm going to go with them. I I just, yeah, I just really think um, they have the better, they have the better overall roster. I feel like there's just more. Like there's more continuity with what's coming back compared to the Titans. There's just so much new new personnel with them, and I think it might take a little bit to click. I feel like Matt Ryan, he's just a veteran. He just like he'll be able to understand the system very quickly and like know what he's asked to do. Yeah. Um, the one play I I actually do like is the Titans over nine flat. Right? Is that what it yep, was? Yeah, nine flat at minus one hundred five. Yeah. The reason I like that is because you have the ability to push at nine. Um, so I don't, I think it's more of like, they're going to get more than eight wins and you know, if they get to 10, then it hits. So um, yeah, I, I like that play a lot. I actually, to add on that, I actually really like that play because you're pretty much saying you think the Titans are going to have a, a winning record. Squad right, yeah, so, squad right, squad right, squad right, squad right. Kind of sounds like that, yeah. But Lock it in! Lock it in! That's really what it is. It's like, do you think the Titans are going to have a winning record? And I don't really see – I don't see Vrabel letting that happen. Nope. Yeah, I, agree. I think they'll at least get nine. See, this is the one problem with betting f- fucking futures because now we're going to have – I already got the Bills future, right? Now I'm going to have the Titans. You have all the these future, different ones. Right, and then now, other, now yeah. I'm going to be like betting games on a Sunday. I'll be like, ah, I really like this team plus five, but – I have their I have their fucking win total up, so you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess. Uh, it's gonna be a hectic NFL betting season. I'm so excited for it. But boys, thank you for coming on. As always, that was a great show. Uh, we'll be back on. I'm gonna post on Saturday, I believe. We're gonna go over another division to be determined. So make sure to follow the Twitter for that, so you guys know what's coming because we'll post it on there before we actually do it. Oh, it's gonna it's gonna be a juicy one. We got the AFC West. Oh yeah. AFC West, I forgot. AFC, that's yeah, AFC probably, West. So you can't yeah, miss yeah, that one. Yeah. No, that's going to be the most exciting division yet. So you guys have to tune into that because that division is fucking crazy. There's really no clear winner. You can see any team winning this division. Very excited for it. Hopefully there's some free agent news, some more NBA news we can talk about for you guys coming up. So, yeah, thank you guys, as always, for listening. Uh, make sure to follow the socials. And, uh, yeah, see you guys on uh, Saturday. Peace. See you, boys.